Anything. Anything Gosh. could happen. Anything could happen. <laughs> Here we go, everybody. <laughs> You're listening to the Vocal Fry Podcast, your weekly dash of voice science, pedagogy, and pop culture. Coming to you from Waste Disposal Center 3 on the original Death Star. Vocal Fam! Vocal Fam! We're here! This is like the moment I've been waiting for all semester. <laughs> this is like our first, like, gosh, Sarah, we haven't had this many people on, I think, since the platforms paper. I know. No, well, maybe, maybe earlier this semester. Were there this many people on with every singer that needs to know about the body, everything that everything oh, needs? I think there were. Oh, you're right. Every, 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 what is it? How, what is it? Everything the sing, a singer. But it's different. We didn't, it's, it's different when you know the people. That's true. That like, it's a different experience Let's rather just than say getting to know somebody. That the vocal fam is in the house. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is Woo! great. No one is a first timer, but I'm going to let everyone speak and remind everyone in the vocal fam who they are, starting with Yvonne. Go ahead. Hello. It's so great to be here. My favorite show. Plural publishing, you made a great choice. Great choice. <laughs> um, I'm Yvonne Redman, and um, I am an associate professor of voice at the University of Illinois, where uh, I've been for about 12 years. And I'm originally from Houston, Texas. So if you hear a little bit of an accent, that's probably where, where it's coming from. And uh, yeah, so I live in Champaign-Urbana. And I'm so you know, happy to be here. Sang at the Met. So I mean, whatever. <laughs> Just a thing. It's no big deal. All right, Kayla. Hi, I am Kayla Godero. I am the Assistant Vocal Pedagogy Director at New England Conservatory alongside Dr. Ian Howell. And I am also Voice and Sound Analysis Lab Manager there. So I help take people through their research and um, we get to explore all kinds of acoustics and biomechanical ideas and it's a lot of fun. All right, Sally Kay, tell us who you are. Hi, my name is Sally K. Streeter, and I'm a first semester, well, I'm done with my first semester, graduate yep. student at Mississippi College with Dr. Perna in vocal performance and pedagogy. And it's been a great first semester. I've learned a lot and can't wait to learn more next semester. Um, and I was on the podcast a couple weeks ago talking about students and sound jack. Speaking of, let me just give yes. her a shout out. We recorded... <laughs> an entire half recital for her church ladies group that, that they oh. hired her to sing a cabaret for them. Yes. And we used her, we recorded all her semester rep this semester. It was a full half recital and yes. uh, all of her sound jack and live lab. And it was just, what a great experience. It's posted on YouTube. It's public on YouTube. You can just look up my just name with Sally K. MM first semester you know. recital. And, just doing um, recitals on, on Soundjack and live, like whatever. On, I put that in the description. Like this was not done over Zoom. It was captured live. It was on Soundjack and Live Lab, and that may have, other than Dr. Perna's studio recital, that may have been the second voice recital to be posted on YouTube from Soundjack and Live Lab. So well, Hunter and Mark cool. beat you. Hunter and Mark beat you. Well, they beat. Okay, well, uh, fourth, fourth. First okay. soprano one. Oh, That's right. Okay. Yes. Okay. Now we're, now we're talking. First oh female one. First and trouble. of course, yes. Sarah. Oh, yes. I am Sarah Pikett. Um, Sarah's still here. Yeah, I'm still here. I was going to say, I don't know if I have any really cool description. Um, yep. Yeah, it's me. Okay. So, vocal fam, you might be saying to yourself, what in the world are they all doing there? <laughs> well, weeks ago... I said to Sarah on some episode, I don't remember which, don't ask me to remember. Yeah. Um, I said, you know, we should really do a whole episode on treble middle voice. And Sarah mm -hmm. was like, yeah, we should do that. And I was like, we should do that. I'm not qualified to talk about that. <laughs> Listen, I'll sit here all day and talk about certain things, e even some things that, you know, I, I only, that, whatever. But this was one that I just felt, I need more professionals. And <laughs> so I mildly suggested that I bring my two colleagues from the vocal pedagogy, acoustic vocal pedagogy workshop at New England Conservatory, Kayla and Yvonne, uh, to come with us. And then, of course, Sarah's here. And I wanted to invite Sally Kay as also a, someone who sings in treble middle voice. 
um, on for the experience. <laughs> um, and so here we are, and that's why we're all here. So if you don't like treble middle voice, <laughs> I guess this isn't the episode for you. Stick around anyway, because <laughs> as a voice teacher, I remember coming up as a non-treble singer. I mean, I sing some treble notes, obviously, as a tenor, but, but, but. But as a non-soprano, mezzo-soprano, countertenor, contralto, etc., whatever voice types generally sing on the treble staff, I remember thinking to myself when I started teaching, I was like, why in the world do all these people have a problem between E and B? This makes no sense. Tenors and baritones don't. But I, I remember that being my beginning. Like many young... Got to start somewhere. Well, you know, whatever. That's like many right. young voice teachers and, and what have you and, and whatever. And uh, so here we are to talk about this on Vocal Fry really for the first time. Thank goodness we're not Ooh. talking about tenors. That's great. <laughs> <laughs> Every Can you woman. imagine if we ever have a day where we have a panel of... Oh! I might be sick though. No, I don't think Whenever that, that, happens. Uh, that uh, does not need to happen. You will need some serious support, Sarah. That's, that's <laughs> okay, let's start here. For, for the vocal fam who maybe has their own ideas, let's sort of go around and say what we think treble middle voice is and roughly what pitches it is, just so that, so that the vocal fam even knows what we're talking about. Go ahead. And anybody want to jump in? <laughs> oh, my gosh. Okay, so for me personally, middle voice has been always kind of daunting to me. I feel like when I first started out, like, singing and taking lessons in college, I quickly figured out how to easily sing the low notes. And then after a few years of some training, I figured out how to sing high notes. But then I was always like, now how do I sing those middle notes? And the middle <laughs> notes on the staff for me kind of range like F and G up to maybe a C, that's kind of for me, or C or D. And then E, that's completely different. That's where it shifts for me. And it, I can literally feel that shift. It's so strange. But um, so it was always just kind of confusing to me, like the middle, like what even is the middle? So. Um, and Dr. Pernav and I have talked a lot about this this semester about kind of how I should sing them and stuff like that. And honestly, it helped a lot incorporating more musical theater type sounds mm -hmm. into the middle voice to kind of encourage more chord closure. <laughs> um, and that has helped a lot because when I would first start to sing those notes, they would be kind of breathy and there wouldn't be any, like, it, there wouldn't really be any substance to the notes. So that's helped a lot. And I know, sorry, that wasn't really a definition, but that's, that's just been my experience with the middle. So that's for sure. Yeah. Kayla, you want to jump in? You know, it's interesting. Uh, we were just having a, a conversation in our, in our voice science class, I believe, about um, the nature of falsetto. Oh, geez. And we kind of came, I know, right? It's a hot button topic, but we kind of came to the to to a realization that there's an agreement across you know historical vocal pedagogues that falsetto is essentially doing it poorly, uh, <laughs> right? <laughs> doing it or doing it in a way where it's not going to project in an 18th century jewel box Italian theater, mm -hmm. um, and so when I think about middle voice, I, I really think about area of consequence, and it mm. can shift slightly depending on voice type or the singer and how they approach from the bottom from the bottom up or from the top down uh, matter of how that area is going to be of consequence in any sort of change so whenever you reach the point when you need to flip into a quote-unquote mode one or a chest register or flip up into that you know exactly e natural note right <laughs> where it feels like it kind of slots into place again um, it's going to be an area of consequence where if you press through that area because you're 
your your breathy, uh, it's gonna affect that high note. It's gonna affect your ability to get that like rich round resonance of your chest voice. And I think that that's that's really where we tend to skip the middle notes and and not pay attention to them, but they really do have incredible impact from any transition point. Yvonne. Yeah, I mean, well, I, would, I would agree, of course. I mean, for me, that was the big question. There were two things I wanted to know that took me into acoustic pedagogy. One was why can the middle voice in the treble singer be so weak? I mean, even in my counters, right? Yeah. Um, and then also, you know, the, the dreaded tenor passaggio. But we're not talking about that right now. But those were the two I, things I okay. wanted the answers to and why I was drawn to acoustic pedagogy. And, uh, you know, and so now we sort of have that to thank. Um, I don't know if you want to get into well, well, we will, case, we will, but... we will, we're getting there. That's the next, <laughs> yeah, that's the next so segment. That, I mean, for, even for me, you know, uh, for me, it was a difficult, uh, it's a difficult shift. And, um, and then, uh, and you know, I, I mean, I teach all ages. Uh, not maybe not quite as young as Sarah, but uh, but there's certainly the my college students have a lot of difficulty with it, and they also want to know why, <laughs> why is mm -hmm. this happening? So yeah. yeah, yeah. Sarah, what about you? Um. Well, so my personal experience with it, honestly, singing classically, I never had the breathiness. However, that does not mean that I sing well in middle voice. <laughs> I mean, I could make a lot of noise, but it was very dark and but I was like but I'm making sound isn't that it's not so that was my own kind of approach I actually had more trouble as far as middle voice um commercially I can chest voice real loud I can sing up high in head voice you catching a theme here <laughs> um but mix was very difficult for me. Mm -hmm. That kind of middle section and transitioning between the two is not something I even now. Um, with my own student, it's been an interesting journey, honestly, having students now who all have a common problem, which is kind of the opposite of what I saw growing up. Like, I think in Mississippi and areas that were more choral, more classically based, where they do have the breathier head voice, I had, or just missing the mix because they don't maybe sing as much in chest. I have students that only want to sing in chest voice. They only oh, yeah. want to belt. They all want to sing mm -hmm. Let It Go or Hamilton. And none of them even, like, I have students that literally, I had one girl the other day for the first time sing in head voice. And she's like, I didn't know I could do that. Like, I thought that, I thought this was wrong or yep. whatever. So, you know what yeah. I mean? Like, yep. it's a different experience now that I'm almost having to, like, relearn everything in order to then teach it that that i'm like i'm with sally k i don't know if that's exactly what you were looking for no but that was good i actually i actually experience. want to share a share an experiential story before we dive into the acoustics so kayla and vaughn i'm coming to you next for the acoustics so we're, we're going to just lay out what i want to lay out why the problems exist okay <laughs> but um i remember i th i think there's also um a bit of a think there's been a bit of a generational shift in voice teaching and what I mean by that is um, years ago I remember a, a mentor of mine and she said well all, all, all of your women can sing high notes and I was actually kind of like um, not not the population that I'm teaching Mm -hmm. um, because a lot of them had just grown up singing musical theater and singing pop styles and singing mm -hmm. whatever and I was like they can't all sing high <laughs> now. I mean, but looking now, I understand like she was coming from anyone who was coming to study voice with, with, with this individual. They were all singing classically. They were singing church hymns and they were singing church mm -hmm. choir or choir or whatever. And so they were all totally accustomed to singing in head voice already. You know, mode two, whatever we want to call it, whatever words we I was like just about to around. say, Nick, are we, or are uh, sure. we talking terms? We can, we can talk terminology, <laughs> I, I, you know, whatever. But, but like, uh oh, here okay. we go. Yeah. <laughs> oh, the snake pit of vocal pedagogy. Oh, come on, Christian. I didn't okay. even think about that when I said things on. Oh, no. <laughs> um, we, we've said it on Vocal Fry before. We are not going to get ourselves caught up on terminology. We're happy to define any term that we use, but we're not going to just ridicule ourselves over what a word means or doesn't mean. Um, 
I mean, yep. unless that word is formant or resonance. Those are the two words that we will get ourselves Those caught Those are their up. own episodes. <laughs> yeah, I always right. tell vocal pedagogy kids, like, we don't go into language lock. No. And just don't go into it. Let's just try to understand each other right. and move on. That's right. That's right. Um, okay. So transitioning then to, let, let's talk about why there are struggles specifically from the point of acoustics. So Kayla, Yvonne, whichever one of you wants to jump in first, let's talk about why the problem exists. I mean, (laughs) I'm sure we have similar ideas about (laughs) why they exist. Kayla, sure. Uh, Well, I I like the idea of not not decapitating a singer from their their instrument, right? So not taking the source and the filter separately, right? Because so, we, so grotesque, <laughs> right? We can't, we can't do that. Um, and I, I really think in this situation, it's so important to think about this, this uh, nonlinear source model theory, because this is like the key to unlocking it. If you focus on uh, you know, a, a rich source, which you can get, you can get a lot of closure in there, but you'll press to high heaven <laughs> and you'll end up having to compensate um, all the way through through the range. And so, so yes, you want a rich harmonic source. We got that, great. Um, but you also need to make sure that the filter is doing its job to make the chord closure come together easily and, and not have the extra pressure in there because then you'll actually, the spectral tilt, right? Which is, you'll, you'll, re- you'll reduce the um, amount of warmth in the tone um, to your detriment, to great detriment. And that is uh, where we, we get into rough patches where, where the singer has, has pressed and then they're also then trying to get the brightness by you know widening or shortening their vocal tract and it becomes a mess really quickly, <laughs> really quickly. <laughs> Yvonne. Yeah, and it's it's just tough because uh, so for example the harmonic spectrum um, as many people who have listened to this podcast know as we move up in pitch there is a spacing out of harmonics between the fundamental frequency second harmonic the distance is an octave and then you have the third harmonic above that so they're very spaced out for the treble singer. And then right in the middle of that range <clears throat> is, uh, let's say the singer's, I don't know, on an A, an A4. Yeah. yeah A4. So, and your resonances for, say, an A vowel sit <laughs> up around F sharp, C sharp is for the second one. So your harmonic spectrum is really kind of spaced all around those resonances that would assist the voice in creating more volume in that area. Um, And we also don't have a lot of auditory roughness. Now, Mm. maybe I should have Kayla explain, since she works with Ian every day, (laughs) what auditory roughness is for the audience. But we we don't have that. I mean, that's one of the reasons why those treble voices sound so pure and and, uh, don't have that buzzy quality, the lower voices. Um, but it's difficult because it's hard to capture a harmonic and amplify. And so that yeah. is just sort of how it's naturally structured. That's right. Uh, acoustically, uh, which makes it a little bit complex. And then there are things you can do to tr- amplify one of those harmonics and get a little boost. Um, but those are a couple different things that we can probably talk about in a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So, Kayla, do you want to talk about the role of auditory roughness in that in the, in that range? Like, and and, and, and what, what what if we rely on it? If we don't rely on it, what 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 it's what role it's playing? Well, I think that uh, it certainly is um, individual of how much one relies on auditory roughness for the quote unquote cut um, for for the perceptual cue of like loudness, um, and I think for. For the middle voice particularly, there is a desire to be heard <laughs> from the singer, for, wait, for sure. Wait, you're saying <laughs> that like tenors, sopranos want to be heard. 
yes. Because <laughs> I'll be so honest, yeah. I have no other goal. Anyway, sorry. And that. this is especially, I, especially in the middle voice range where uh, treble voices still have choices about what vowel they're singing, right? That's right. Mm-hmm. Once right. you get above That's the staff, right. you have fewer choices of the perception. A vowel, of course. <laughs> but when you're in your middle voice, you got more options, um, and we spend a lot of time there. So when it comes to auditory roughness, it's essentially when the harmonics that are boosted are are close, so close together that it kind of confuses the basilar membrane and therefore the cochlea and therefore your brain, and it makes a kind of like an error signal message, and it sounds like <laughs> buzz in your brain as as the person receiving that auditory signal. Yeah, your exactly. favorite buzz saw as oh. <laughs> that's the third format. Um, <laughs> oh right, uh, the third. Maybe the this third is format. our favorite buzz saw. Well, yeah, uh, yeah. Well, maybe, maybe, maybe. Um, but just, just a quick clarification for everybody. So um, the conversation we just had was that primarily from the perspective of Western classical singing, or does the same concept? also apply to like say musical theater singing or even I, I don't know rock singing maybe but like how would they differ how is it the same what, what would your thoughts be on that whichever um, <clears throat> laryngeal register you choose uh, as the dominant uh, as the dominant one so if you're gonna have more vocal fold closure and um, and so we will probably get, can get more auditory roughness that way. Um, yeah. But you may also be uh, choosing to come at this sort of a thin fold dominant, if you will. <laughs> I'm like, again, these terms, I'm like, oh God, someone is listening to this right. <laughs> I believe she said thin folds. <laughs> but, you know, light mechanism, whatever you call whatever you it. Say. I mean, you know, M2. There's so many terms. I mean, I'm sure you guys who teach vocal pedagogy have at least two slides that are, we call these, could, these things could be called. That's right. What, anyway. That's right. Which I mean, laryngeal uh, register you choose, and then you can uh, go from there. Uh, that's, gonna determ- that's gonna determine a lot of the color um, and how how you want to amplify that sound. Um, I don't know if it's too soon to jump into this, but I mean, a lot of time in an opera house, it's really interesting to listen to some operatic mezzos. Um, This is, uh, you're sometimes going, hmm, is that really thin fold head dominant? Middle voice? I, I don't know Not about that. Not the that I've sung with. <laughs> no. I mean, so I was in the Young Artist Program with Stephanie Blythe. Now that is a voice. <laughs> and a you're voice. just like, mm. and she, you know, she will tell you, I, mean, I don't know if you guys seen some of her videos on oh, of course. Facebook and stuff, but that was a very powerful voice. I don't know how she describes her middle voice, but I'm telling you, kind of mix that has a lot of power in it. A lot of vocal fold clothes yeah. and, uh, and lots of interesting choices she does there. That's right. But she might even credit some of the jazz singing that she used to love to do regularly with that. But, yeah. Um, it's been a while since I've spoken directly to her, but, you know, sometimes, you know, I even, well, we know Chadley Ballantyne has, has um, demonstrations that, is it Ethel Merman and... Where's his comparisons? It's Ethel Merman singing and um, an operatic mezzo. And they use a very similar way, uh, very similar acoustic. Um, I mean, if, I mean, Merman sings with straight up, you know, second resonance interaction or third harmonic. If we're talking about yeah. Got the Sun in the Morning. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's a, that's a good old tenor B flat right tenor. there. Yeah, that's just yeah. a good old straight old tenor high B flat. Is 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 is, uh, is 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 Merman. Of course, that sound is no longer what any of those musical theater ladies sing like on Broadway right now. True. Uh, no. As that but wonderful TikTok that has continued to float through the <laughs> internet this week. Um, my favorite moment of that is when she goes, "Ice cream," 
he bought me ice cream. That that one kills me. Uh, that just that just that every every single time. Oh, you I, gotta I, love the tongue out though. Oh yeah, yeah well, and the Adam Lambert. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. uh huh. That's right. Oh. That's right. That's yeah. right. Yes. yes. Yeah. Yes. I forget which one she does that on. Is that on? Is that mm. on? Uh, favorite things. No, I could have danced all night. I could have danced all night. That's right. There, there you go. Whoever, whatever one of you made that wonderful TikTok, you can say that it got mentioned on Vocal Fry. Um, uh, because cause that thing has given me smiles every single time I've watched it all week. Um, it's been an absolute joy. Uh, okay, so let's talk a little bit about, we've sort of set up the problem. We know that it exists. We know sort of the range we're talking about. But let's talk about the more important thing. How do we overcome it? You know, what, what are our strategies? What are our exercises? What are, what, what are, what are you all doing in, in these moments? I mean, you know, Yvonne, I'd love to hear about, you know, wh- how you handled that at the Met. Like when you were singing some of your rep, which some of your rep required you to sometimes maybe be below a louder soprano singing higher than you sometimes. Um, yeah. You know, I'd love to hear about that. I'd lo- what, what are some things you all do? I mean, t- tell me. I, I, I don't know. I'm an idiot. I'm a tenor. Uh, well, I mean, for me, I, I think probably the, the thing that I learned instinctively and, uh, and use, of course, in my teaching is that for a long time, you, I think treble singers, uh, they know they, at some point, they're going to have to drop the jaw to sing high. Uh, I think a lot of them, unfortunately, keep that positioning and bring it all the way down. Yes. Mm-hmm. And when you do that, it <laughs> makes it so much more difficult to, you can do it. I'm not saying you can't do it, but it's sort of one of those things, like when we talk about the turn of the voice, you have to experience it a few times and then you can, you can mess with it and make it work and play with it. But until you understand what the, where that spot is acoustically for you, um, it's, it's a, a, you might have a lot of difficulty. So for me knowing uh coming downward and allowing let's just say something mechanical like my jaw allowing my jaw to to close a little bit more allow my tongue to absolutely continue to shape vowels and get very involved which is as we know well except for nick maybe when we are we are when we're above the treble clef there's not a whole lot of movement that we can do that we can do near in speech level um, singing. But you're uh, saying that on the staff, you could actually make some real vowel sounds? <laughs> Sally Kay, did you hear that? Stop. Quit calling me. I, <laughs> I was literally about to mention that. I'm like, the first lesson of this semester, you were like, you put me in the worst key ever. It was like G major. And you were like, now sing. Oh, on awe. I was like, oh my gosh, I'm quitting. <laughs> Can I at least not sing like E or something? Like, Nick, that is just uh, mean. Cruel. Or so cool. I texted me like that night. I was or, like, or we mean. have just things we have to realize that we have to work on. On that vein, sort of. Trial Yvonne, by fire. Yvonne, you were kind of getting there. Yes. Kayla, I would love for you to talk about the phrase beneficial narrowing. Oh, I love this so much. Thank you, Chadley Ballantyne, for introducing us to this phrase. I use it in my own psyche when I sing beneficial narrowing, beneficial narrowing. <laughs> what does it mean? What are we I, talking about? It really, it's, I, it's really about making sure that there is a narrowing somewhere in the vocal tract. So we're talking about uh, tongue being close to the hard palate or the soft palate, right? Tongue, tongue and top of the mouth, right? Um, or we're talking about the embouchure of the lips, right? So when we're talking about ooh and o, oh, generally we're talking about a narrowing of the lips. And when we're talking about uh, e, a, 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 especially, <laughs> we're talking about a narrowing <laughs> where you can actually, um, in, in I, I really like to use um, kind of like ichlaut, achlaut kind of feelings so that you can actually feel the airflow well, and like that. It, pass the pass a narrow passage uh, over your tongue right so and like it's that. not oh you can't you can't drop that <laughs> tongue back and down and expect you to feel uh the airflow stream through that 
um, and ich ach, and then sing. Nice. <laughs> this is one of this is one of the tools to unlocking Ooh, that. Stealing that I exercise, I love that. Kayla. I would say that certain graduate students of mine should try that strategy on their ah vowel. It I would, would agree. Be, I just would. wrote that down. I'm taking notes on this podcast. <laughs> You're never going to get Sally Kay to come back. You're going to scare her off. She She'll can't keep throwing her under again. the bus. This is never so much again. fun. Oh my God. No, I literally, Kayla, when you mentioned that, I was literally like, oh, yes, yes. Yes, I need to try that. Well, the other thing is, is you start them with such or a, you know, I mean, use, I mean, that's where I usually start, right? Start with those more closed vowels. Yeah. Um, e and, you know, I'm, yeah, I'm totally stealing that exercise. But I also like a lot of yeah, 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 to start things mm. just mm -hmm. to, oh, like that. to yeah. cause that, what you were saying, Kayla, the narrowing is so mm -hmm. important. And in addition, it's pulling that tongue away from the back of the throat, right? Opening up the pharynx. Um, so a lot of my exercises, I mean, my students will tell you they're yeah, 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 something, you know, mm. yeah, 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 yo, yo. I mean, there's just so many yas. <laughs> what I love about that is that it forces movement. And um, for <laughs> in our NEC vocal pedagogy land, we have a, a, a tenet that uh, movement or motion is the opposite of tension. And so rather than getting stuck into this like excess tension, I've got to get this right. This is the shape for a vowel. This is the mm. shape for e vowel. This is the shape, right? Um, and then trying to imprint that shape for every single note across your entire range, which is a disaster, right? Uh, <laughs> um, then you actually get to move through and feel what it feels like to have choices. And choices are brilliant, you know? Choices are everything. Yeah. But and that's not, go ahead. And that's really I think the 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 kernel of of where where we we're talking about uh middle voice musical theater versus classical is like I don't really care. I just want you to be have like be able to have the full choice, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, I talk about that with my students all the time. Two things there you hit on. One, just we want options. <clears throat> yeah. You know, that's what we're trying to build so that on our not great days, we have options to still sound good, yeah. right? Yeah. Not only that, but I also love that idea about, uh, uh, you know, what I normally say is, I, I don't ever talk about not having tension because I think it's a stupid goal. Sorry, I just said it on the podcast. Oh God, forgive me <laughs> for all of you who are worried about tension. No. I, think, I, I think the goal is what you really want is coordination. Yeah. Mm. Because if you're just getting rid of tension, yeah. And how is that interesting? You know, I mean, it, it, and, and how does that engage anything? And, you know, that's not how people sing. That's not expressive. Um, you know, so, I mean, there's, there's, there's that, too. Um, I do feel uh, uh, also that since, since we mentioned Chadley, I think we need to mention the weird exercise. The weird R. Yeah, go, go ahead. I, either one of you want to talk about that. I mean, uh, whoever. I mean, just jump in. Weird R is like my, I love weird R. If you're, if you're into overtone singing at all and want a gateway into how to, <laughs> how to kind of play with it, singing on an R sound and Chadley, essentially the, the, the way to run through it is to start with a, and then get to an ah um, and you can track those very very clear harmonics they're super bright and pingy I hope that my silly blue yeti picked it up but <laughs> oh Josh Glasner is I never know. letting you live this oh, moment down I, I had to throw it in there using... ever <laughs> Okay. Oh my! Where sweet. is your baby? Where it's is it? It's in my it? office. It's oh. in my office, which is currently like undergoing a renovation. So I'm using my oh. my husband's office, and he's okay. using. I my would baby. I would like Josh Glasner to know that we recorded this whole thing on Skype. Uh, and, <laughs> and, sorry, that's an inside joke with Josh, and and uh, I just I'll never I'll, anyway. Um, sorry. Ever since the Nats boot camp, it's basically been all summer. Ever ever since that, and we started talking about any solution. I, I, anyway, uh, 
gosh. You know, can I just, I, I just want to throw in a plug to Nick. Uh, one, one thing that, another kind of exercise that I really like too is going, of course, those, working those laryngeal differences. Yes. And that, now, I, I used to have this exercise that I once said to you, oh, Nick, I do that exercise, and now yours was so much better that that's all I do now. But that's basically, you know which one I'm talking about. Yeah. E-A-R. And then you, you know, what is it? Like, what, I don't know how you do it, Nick, but this is how I do it now. Do, I love that exercise. There you I go. That's worth the, the price of admission, vocal fam, right there. Um. Do, well, because I do it every day. <laughs> but, you know, I, I can't, Nick, is that exactly how you do that exercise? No, but anyway. I, I mean, it's close enough. It's close enough. I mean, I, we, we have variations on it. But I will say, I, I will, since you brought it up, in my own teaching, I, 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 it depends on the student. I think it depends mm-hmm. on the student like all things in my teaching, but a lot of the time, if I sense that the laryngeal registration is not firing the way I'd like it to, I tend to deal with that first. It, if the if I really just feel like the resonance shapes are just gonna get us there, then we'll deal with that first. It just yeah. depends. Um, because I just think if, you know, if, if uh, it's sort of like we were talking about earlier, it's like, it's, it's like if one is out of whack, the other's gonna be out of whack. Absolutely. The tail wax the dog hair. Right? Absolutely. Yes. You know, and so sometimes, um, like with certain, you know, new students, I'll, I'll work the registration thing and we'll do a lot of, we're going to do chest and then we're going to do head and we're going to do chest and we're going to do head. I mean, you know, and I love me some octaves and I love me some twelfths and I love me some long, (laughs) big leaps and whatever. And, you know, um, uh, you know, and, and, you know, look, I mean, these exercises have been, I, I, I kind of put together that thing that you were just doing, Yvonne, from a, yeah. I, I, I sort of put together a series from a sort of series of exercises that Jerry did with me. Yeah. And, and so, I mean, you know, um, that, but, but I do a similar thing with my treble singers. Once that we're, mm-hmm. you know, like we'll, we'll do, we'll do just an octave. <laughs> And then once I feel like they're they're ready to ah, ooh, ah, yes. ah, right, Sally Kay? Yes. Mm-hmm. Also, I was going <laughs> to add to that. <laughs> Sorry, I was just, just about to say, yeah, those octave leaps are just great. I yeah. love those. Yeah. Ah, ooh, ah. And then, um, you know, I, I got to throw this in because you, I, I know, every, I'm sure there are people sitting in their eyes when I say this, but. Um, I was so surprised in pedagogy, I have students look up exercises. And um, one of the ones I was talking about, because we were talking about middle voice and pedagogy, is, and I talk about how I'll put them on a note and we'll do a chest sound and then switch it to a head sound and then switch it back and That's go back and forth. That's a good one. Right? Yeah. right? So you're flipping in and out of these laryngeal registers and strengthening them. And a student found in Garcia Jr.'s what? exercise book that is ex- that well a similar kind of exercise where you're just alternating between what we'll call chest register and falsetto um or head voice whatever you want to call it and i thought these things have been around for so long <laughs> I mean, right yeah I, yeah absolutely I mean, jr's got it on page 15 in his book i mean i was just so surprised when i saw it there i was like look at that isn't that something i i will say um just because in, in the similar fashion of this of this kind of idea um even though i'm i'm the non-soprano in the room here <laughs> admittedly but but i've taught a few and and um and i am married to one um, so that gives me just this little minutia <laughs> of street cred, like not like Ian who actually sang in a treble <laughs> register, yeah. but like I have like this little snippet of street cred cause I'm married mm. to a soprano. Um, and I've taught a few of them and one of them sang on Broadway. Um, so anyway, that's my little snippet of street cred, but particularly with my, with anybody who I'm trying to train to belt. I, 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 and who I also want to sing in head voice, obviously, I, I will have them do an octave triad. So we'll do, just an, oh, they'll jump an octave in head voice. Mm-hmm. 
But what I make them do is I make them go up and down. And so they cross. we get to the E flat and then the E flat is chest head or yep. so that, by that the, one so that by the end of it they can belt an E on the top and they can head voice down to an A so that the, the chords have had to do everything they've needed to do and the brain I actually treat it more as a brain exercise so that the brain goes oh so those are just different things that my chords can do on every yes. pitch. They're not pitch dependent. Correct. Yeah. They are not yeah. pitch dependent. There are things that are pitch dependent, yeah. but those have more to do with the resonances. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So anyway, there's my little contribution to this smattering of. I'm stealing that one too. Treble <laughs> singing. I on to this talk just to collect your vocal exercises everyone <laughs> yay me <laughs> well i have one more to i have one more to add please <laughs> um I, it kind of goes along with um you know the brain exercise but i like to call it crescendo two different ways and then we bring Ooh. it together uh Ooh, so crescendo's two different ways is uh i i like to we have one stable pitch so we're not working we're not we're not working very hard there on on figuring out uh, what what pitch to sing when, unlike like opposite of what that one is. <laughs> right. Yes, indeed. <laughs> um, and we can crescendo with vocal track shape, and and we try not to adjust laryngeal registration. Right. So, uh, that's laryngeal registration, and then. is the adding brightness with the shape and just having them realize that there are choices that can be made there is really, really powerful. And then we bring yes. it back together. Right. Um, to me, it's a, it's a, it's a play thing, right? I want them to not feel so panicked about it that they need to, to, to press through it, you know? Right. And the, it should feel like they have the most options in that range. And it shouldn't be about, oh, no, am I going to be heard? Yeah. I love the I idea of play in general in our teaching oh, yeah. and our practice, mostly because when I started my voice rebuild with Jerry, the first day before we started, he said, well, you've got nothing to lose. I've got nothing to lose. So let's go play. <laughs> I love that. I like it. It's one of the oh. most freeing things a voice... I think it's the single most freeing thing a voice teacher has ever said to me. Mm -hmm. um, uh, so, anyway. Um, but uh, that's, of course, Yvonne's wonderful colleague, Jerry Sienna. Um, yeah. But uh, uh Indeed. Uh, any, anyway, so, I mean... Go ahead. Is, what else do we like, want to add? Is this, are there other well, I, I'd like to plug one of my colleagues' exercises that Please. I really like. So, my colleague, Sarah Wigley... Um, she, she has a classical background, but she primarily teaches, we have a blended program at Illinois, um, that students can study multiple. She, she teaches them primarily music theater, CCM repertoire, and, um, and takes them one level beyond me in belting and that sort of thing. But one exercise that, she, that I've taken from her, and I don't know where she got it, if it's hers, it's that idea of play and the students love it. And it's, it's, it's blue, violet, red. Do you guys know this one? So it's just like blue, 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 blue. Violet, 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 violet. Red, 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 red. And then you just play with these colors like that and you mix them and the students it. it's like their favorite exercise because they're playing they're not thinking vocal technique anymore i gotta get this right you know they're yeah. just and they just love and you can you know any kind of variety of okay we're gonna go from red to we're gonna go to red to a little more violet red or we're gonna go from blue to blue violet you know but just 
Yeah. What a genius use of the acoustics, though, of those yeah. words. Exactly. The hootiness of blue exactly. and the, the calliness of red. I mean, you've got... You got an SOBT right there, the narrowness. I mean, it's gosh, yes, and then we the have r- it. and the rrr for the red, the you weird know, I, r. I will say, um, in Sally Kay's CCM Ped class this this fall, we've been one of the texts that we used for the musical theater section was Norman Spivey and Mary Saunders Barton's Love book. It. And Sally Kay and I have used a plural lot of... Plural publication. <laughs> yes, plural publishing. Thank you, plural publication, sponsor of the Vocal Fry podcast. But um, plural. Uh, in the book, um, Sally Kay and I have used a lot of their exercises all semester, right? Mm-hmm. You know, we've oh, used no, their... you don't. Love that. <laughs> yes, yeah. I love yes. that one. I love that um, I also and... love um, Merrily, 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 Merrily. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I have taken that and used that so much with my students because they already know it. You know, right. like, as opposed they to half it. of these where yeah. I'm trying to... Vocal like, fam, what we're talking notes. about, this is Mary Saunders Barton, Norman Spivey. Merrily, 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 life is but a dream. Just for middle voice. Great. Great stuff. I also... Really, Great I'm a big fan of the my oh my oh my oh my oh my. I like that I one. Love yeah, I like that one. Yeah, I like that one a lot. I like yeah. that yes. one a lot. Mayo is great. And the students just, but they love, I gotta say they love, oh no you don't. Because they feel like yes. they can really just, uh, here we go. Let's plug Heidi Moss. They can do gestures. <laughs> Indeed. Yeah. Oh, you don't, oh no. You know, and they're like, okay, head voice, let's. Like, oh no, you don't! Oh no, you don't! <laughs> oh no, you don't! Oh no, yeah, we can play with all kinds of colors, and they just love that. And that's one of the things I really encourage on all those exercises is anytime we're doing something like that, and I think you could even do this with the blue, 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 blue thing, mm-hmm. is really singing an intention with those mm-hmm. ideas. Because let's admit it, that a lot of time treble singers in this range will not really engage anything. Yeah. yeah. It's just fear response. It's a fear response. It's just deer yeah. in the headlights. Don't mess up. Don't mess up. <laughs> you know? That's right. It's the That's... same thing for tenors. It, it, but anyway, but this isn't about tenors. But, but in the same range. <laughs> it always comes back to tenors, doesn't it? Well. <laughs> right, Sarah? Sarah, like, you should be loving this because it used to be a bunch of tenors and Sarah, and it now did. it did. I and used now to be this surrounded. is like this is like the day you've been waiting for a whole it's bunch happening. of sopranos and Perna. I mean, uh, I, <laughs> I totally love it. Uh, so anyway, I guess what we're saying, vocal fam, is if you are a young teacher or an experienced teacher, boy. Is teach being able to teach and know how to communicate about treble middle voice, boy, golly gee, if you're teaching sopranos and mezzo sopranos and countertenors and golly gee willikers, this is this is the this is the this is like the this is the stuff. Yeah, yeah. this is the meat. Yeah. 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 You know, yeah. this isn't just the appetizer. This is the main course. Like, you know, this is It's anyway. interesting how we tend to talk about voice building from bottom up or top down. There is another option. There is a middle out <laughs> option. <laughs> Preach. Well, yeah, that's a great point, Kate. Preach. Which, funny enough, I mean, just thinking of, uh, of that people have mentioned that before. You know, in Diagnosis and Correction of Vocal Faults, actually, that's how Jim McKinney tells everybody to warm up. Middle out. Mm, middle yep. out. Mm. Just, yes, he does. Uh, anyway. That's right. Uh, no, that's right. So, uh, I do want to put a plug in... Um, before we, we transition just a little bit for a few minutes, um, I do want to put a plug in. Um, Nats has a very important initiative out right now. Hashtag fight the fatigue. Hashtag mm. um, singing is not canceled. And um, I, you know, vocal fam, listen, this is a very important thing to me right now. Um, and that is we're all nine months deep in this, all of us. And we're all in it together. And, uh, and please, I just want to say, if you need somebody to talk to, whether that's just because you're a little blue, whether it's just because you need someone to talk to to know you're not crazy, whether it's someone or whether you're actually having suicidal thoughts, I want you to reach out to me, please. Please, 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 please. Reach out through this podcast. Reach out on my social media. I don't care how you reach out to me. I, I am I am pleading because I'm right there with you, vocal fam. 
I am right there with you. This is this is this has been nuts. This has been absolutely, absolutely crazy these last nine months. And on level after level after level after level after level. Not just the level of the, the pandemic, but, but everything. And, um, you know, 2020, everything is about everything. Just, you know, if you need somebody to talk to, please, I don't have to work for the next eight weeks. And who knows, it oh, might yeah. be 12 if we start late. <laughs> please reach out send me a message on messenger i i'm on my phone enough trust me i i, I will get it and i, I i'm I, i'll do a I, we can have a phone call if you want like you know Those i actually things. talk on the phone um uh you know god knows you probably don't want to hop on zoom um but nats is trying to help with us with this um hashtag fight the fatigue um we're all trying to still mask up and do our best and you know, uh, I actually, I'll also give you a little preview, Vocal Fam. Um, had a very fascinating concept, uh, conversation with an engineer uh, this week from Kentucky who has designed and has been testing for nine months a wow. new type of mask specifically designed for singers. And he has a patent on it, and so I, I'm only going to mention the concept um, because I know that I, I know that we're going to be doing some testing for them. Um, but uh, it, it basically is is a different kind of material, um, so that's cool. It's multi-layered; it fits sm- uh, firmly to the face, snug to the oh. face. Um, but they've been doing not only aerosol testing and drop and droplet testing both. But it also has a very interesting little minute hole at the bottom, creating a pressure differential. And I'm very excited uh, because apparently it does not impede jaw movement at all. So anyway, know that there are also those companies who are making masks. Um, They they, they have their prototype ready, but but they've been trying to do all of the science first rather than putting out a product on the market that essentially is garbage just to make money and take advantage of singers anyway um but uh very exciting things to come come with that uh and uh you know obviously if you desperately want to make music on the internet uh you can call uh kayla or i or ian and uh i I promise we can help you make music on the internet right kayla absolutely some way with a a pc with a PC, we we can help anybody. PCs, <laughs> PCs I mean, are the, good. To be completely honest, good. folks, as we said with Alex last week, the cheapest way is to get yourself a Raspberry Pi with a Hi-Fi berry and a set of old Apple earpods, mm. and you could be all set for three hundred bucks. And um, an Ethernet cord. And it, it, and oh, you gotta have please, oh my gosh, <laughs> your please. lips to God's ears and everybody yeah. else. <laughs> Um, anyway, uh, are we all binging the crown? Are, we, are all of us binging the crown? Sarah, you're not binging the crown. Sorry, Yvonne I'm and I not. are binging the crown. Kayla, do you watch the crown? No. You know, I watched up up until this last season, and I plan to to like watch it all all the way through, right? It's, <laughs> so when I have time. <laughs> oh my god, we won't talk about it then. It is fantastic. I it's do have fantastic. a question though for our more nerdiness. Um, ha- have we watched this week's Mandalorian? No, no, yes. No. <laughs> Oh no, my not yet. Gosh. Not yet. Well, on December the 19th, Sarah and I are going to do a full season 2 recap of Mandalorian. It's already been I mean, Grant was wild. So, the oh fact that y'all are this hyped gosh. over this week like I'm pumped now. I'm Oh ready. my sweet goodness in heaven. Well, you guys need to get on <gasps> it. I'm behind. I mean, I depend on you guys for the review of what's going on on that show Sorry about and that. You know. <laughs> Well, we're going to do we're going to do basically a full Mandalorian recap in one episode. Yeah. Uh, and who knows, it might even be a Discovery season finale recap as well because we're let me catch tell up you on what. Vo- vocal yeah. fam, if you're a Star Trek fan and you're not watching Star Trek Discovery, what you're are really you should. doing? It's so good. Like, what are you doing with your life? It's so good. Oh, but I feel like I've reached my all-time, like, nerd high. Like, people are like, oh, yeah, what have you been watching? And I'm like, uh, Mandalorian, so got my Star Wars, and then I'm watching Star Trek, and that's it. Because, let me tell you, Ooh. this third season of Star Trek Dis- Disco is insane. Mm. It is insane. <laughs> yes. I'm, I'm assuming many of us have already binged The Queen's Gambit, and we're already through it. 
so fantastic. So fantastic. Absolutely fantastic. Okay. Absolutely loved fantastic. It. Added I loved to my, it. you know, lengthy list. Oh my shows. goodness. Absolutely loved it. Um so oh fantastic. Yeah, we're we're already through that. We're we're four episodes, I think, into the crown. I think. Four? Yep, this is the fourth season. Oh, no, you're four, we're four, four episodes, episodes in. into this okay. season, I All think. Right. I, I will definitely be there by tonight. I yes. think we're four. Well, by tonight, we'll probably be six episodes in. Okay, um, so we've, yeah, I've got some work to do. Yeah, a little, <laughs> little bit of catching You have to up. get on his level. Like, it's, I gotta, it takes I know. it to, you know, a whole new... <sighs> Almost. Something. Uh, yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah, my um, husband was like, are we going to watch The Crown? I'm like, I have a podcast. You have to wait. He's like, okay. There are, pr- <laughs> are priorities. priorities that now I feel like Moira. There are priorities. Oh, David. we just watched the last season. Wasn't it fantastic? Oh, it was if you've all not watched Shit's Creek, that's another show that you should definitely watch. Oh, David. So David, <laughs> my wife absolutely. Uh, I, guess I, I need to may, watch this. I may have bought my wife for her birthday a Moira Rose Town Council shirt. Oh. For her <laughs> yes. it, so it's a funny show, like along the lines of like The Office, Parks oh. and Rec, things like that. Yes, I'm not gonna get stressed out watching this show. Oh, it's oh, brilliant! No. It is the perfect so stress reliever. Perfect. Yes. That's what I it need is. in my life. Is a show. Me out. The episodes go so quick. They're like 20 minutes oh, each gosh, or 22 yeah. oh, minutes. That's You'll be better. like six episodes yeah, in and you're right. like, what? I've already watched six episodes. Like, yeah, two, <laughs> night, <laughs> two nights. Two nights is one season. Two oh, nights. Okay. It's so oh, easy yeah. to okay. gobble them up. Yeah. But like, not that I don't love my 45 minute long TV shows, but like sometimes I don't have 45 minutes. <laughs> right. So 20 minutes. Oh, nice. Sarah. Nice. Yes. It's the perfect shot of endorphins. It's, it's it, got all the love. It would the make me so right happy now. for you to talk about that on Vocal Fry. <laughs> yes. I'll have to watch it and give y'all some okay, updates. Okay, I'm happy to. <laughs> just, Sarah, if you watch Shit's Creek, I'm happy to do some. I'll give y'all some weekly updates on where I am. I think I can, oh. I can manage that. Just, I, I think I can. I've heard enough now of people loving it. I'm I'm convinced. Oh my gosh. Yeah. The characters are just too fun. David. <laughs> David. I have seen ew, the video ew, of the I was just about to say, if you want to check out some interesting middle voice choices, a little bit of Lexus. A little bit of Lexus. (laughs) Right? I've seen that video a bunch. I don't even watch the show, and I crack up every time that, like, honestly, it comes through on my TikTok. Although Myra doing the jazz audition. Oh, my God. The scatting. (laughs) (laughs) You know what's interesting about the the, 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 you know, when they started that show, um, you know, he went to his dad and basically, you know, because his dad was the star. And then he went to what's her name who plays Moira Rose because she was the, you know, Catherine was the actual celebrity. Yeah. And um, and he went to her and was like, they had to like be like, can you come do this show with us? Like, we have no idea if it'll ever like be on TV. But if you <laughs> oh, would shit. come, if you would come do this with us, we think we have something. And uh, and then, you know. Uh, who was I listening to? This must have been when Dan was on Tenet's podcast. And he was like, yeah, yeah, I was panicked out of my mind because there I am on set with this legend and my father, and I'm telling them what to do. <laughs> I like it. Good stuff. Such oh, good my stuff. goodness gracious. Oh my All right. Well, my wife is, is here, and she is waiting for me to see our Christmas lights. Yes, vocal fam, oh, don't judge Perna. Christmas. I have spent the entire day doing the outside Christmas lights while my wife was cleaning inside. Uh, I will give props to both of my children who actually helped this year. Um, oh, actually yeah. helped. Maybe not all the time, but, but <laughs> you know, right. they, they did help. I feel like um, I can picture solid. this. There, there was help. You know, Kayla knows. She's Some got things were yes, done. They do. You, you know what I mean. Yeah. There was help. There was help <laughs> at one point. <laughs> well, they were actually helped at multiple points. Oh, you Ooh. won the day. It well, it was kind of a good distraction so having win. Mandy in here and me outside because they could go back and forth. Yeah, like it. you know, help dad with Christmas lights or clean the house with mom. Ooh, <laughs> see, and what would you, you pick? Like or go back and forth and annoy them both. <laughs> well, it's a third option. Middle uh, out. Middle out. <laughs> uh, that's right, Kayla. There it is. Bravo. Bravo. 
not worthy. Yeah. It, so anyway, you get the idea, Vocal Fam. Um, so anyway, like I said, if you, it, Vocal Fam, please reach out. Um, we're here for you. Uh, the holidays are coming, and 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 what yeah, a great Christmas. episode here to have. Happy Vocal Fry Thanksgiving. <gasps> oh my gosh yeah. because I, I even thought of that earlier this week I was like oh this is going to be our Thanksgiving episode that's Yay. so great that we're actually going to have great friends and great content oh this will be absolutely lovely it's, it's like a Friendsgiving miracle yeah, it's like it. a 2020 Friendsgiving miracle because this is actually what Thanksgiving looks like for most people who are being responsible and not I'm gonna get, getting together. Going to try to teach my grandmother how to um, FaceTime. Oh um, yes. Over the yeah, I don't know how that's going to go. It'll be it'll be great. It's going to be right. eerie. It'll be like magic for her. It'll be great, Sarah. It will be great. It'll be great. All right. Well, Yvonne, Kayla, Sally Kay, thank you for joining yes. Sarah and I. So much fun. Let's have oh. all girls awesome. every week. Fine <laughs> <laughs> by me. I, I, yeah. Honestly, he looks like he can handle it. If you guys want to run the podcast, I'll just check out. I'll take a six-month hiatus. I, who knows? Maybe I'll actually get something done in my professional life. Um, you know, it's yeah, fine. I know. You know, we can do another one. We didn't talk about whistle register. I mean, there's so we many. We can cover the whole voice. Out. We have so the many registers okay. left. Okay, all right. Okay, so spring sometime. <laughs> spring sometime. That's all I'm going to put to it because the Lord knows when yeah. we'll find a date. Spring sometime. Coming back to you to talk about registrational extremes of treble singing. Subharmonics, yeah. whistle registers. Whoa! The extremes, it. I You know, like at it. some point here, Ian's going to be uh, jealous that he wasn't invited to this, ep- this episode. <laughs> this is though, true. Because, For trouble singing. Uh, <laughs> this is true. Let's, let's just... Anyway, we love you, Ian. It's, it's, <laughs> it, 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 was, it was no offense. I just wanted all AFAB people on the podcast. That was my goal. Other than me, because I'm just... I'm stuck here. Um, <laughs> uh, so, anyway. All right, Vocal Fam, that's it. We're out. This was great. You all are wonderful human beings. Peace out, Vocal Fam. Bye.